Welcome to the Abortion Recovery Network podcast. We are group leaders helping group leaders with abortion recovery ministry through informal and casual conversations. Your hosts are Linda Keener Thomas, founder and board chair of the National Memorial for the Unborn, and Mindy Lefeshore, founder of An Even Place Virtual Abortion Recovery Ministry. As I began An Even Place in January 2022, I wanted to talk with other abortion recovery ministry leaders to share the vision I had and learn whatever I could about abortion recovery ministry. As I talked to some amazing women who I now call friends, I was surprised to learn they were as eager as I was to hear from other leaders. An idea was birthed to start a podcast of leaders by leaders for leaders from all over to share experiences, ideas, challenges, joys, and learn from one another while doing your laundry, cooking your dinner, or driving in your car. Linda and I met the fall of 2022. I shared this idea with her and she jumped on board. Our desire is to allow you to enter our conversations with other abortion recovery leaders, learn the nuts and bolts of how they lead their groups, and connect with one another to build a strong network of leaders helping leaders reach the millions suffering with an abortion experience. Hello, everybody. I'm glad you're here with us today. We have Regina Block from the National Memorial for the Unborn. But before we get started, I just want to make an announcement. The Abortion Recovery Network will become Forward with Purpose podcast January 2024. The purpose and content of the show will remain the same, and, and just the name and the logo is going to change. So Forward with Purpose is... Um, the podcast is from the Forward with Purpose Christian Coaching Ministry, which is part of an even place. And this is where I'm very passionate about keeping the pro-life team. We've got the PRC workers doing offense and the abortion recovery workers doing defense. And I'm very passionate about keeping us all on the field and in the game. So I'm offering Christian coaching services to aid and support and care for all pro-life women workers so they can continue to serve with joy and excitement. And so this podcast is to help with that joy and excitement to help you all learn from others of us who are doing um, abortion recovery work out there and do it in casual conversations. And so since we are talking all things memorial today, uh, Linda, I'm turning it over to you. She is hosting this and I'm along for the ride. Yeah, thank you, Mindy. And uh, the Memorial is a, a co-sponsor with this podcast, and we've um, had a great time uh, putting it together and and doing exactly what Mindy is saying is is building up um, those of us that are out there on the front lines. And uh, I am just thrilled today to get to talk with uh, a dear, dear friend and sister, Regina Block. Um, she is the director of the Memorial, has been there for about a year and a half now, and doing a fabulous job and uh, we just want to kind of focus today on the memorial itself but also how it can help with abortion recovery ministries how we want to build this network how we want to build up your ministry wherever you are um, and working with women that have had abortions and men that have had abortions and um, so anyway, introducing Regina. Regina, please introduce yourself. Give us a little bit of your background and your story and uh, how you ended up at the memorial. Wow. <laughs> uh, well, I am, um, whew, I'm just um, one of those people who came to faith in Christ at a young age, um, did not really fully grasp all of what that meant. 
um, at, at 13 years of, of age, but um, have continued to pursue him um, and, um, and just find myself, um, I don't know, mesmerized more and more by who he is and what he's done for me. Uh, and for all of those of us who are in him, um, just knowing that salvation came through him. And so um, that's probably the most important thing about who I am. Um, I grew up in Ray County, which is a small community um, north of Chattanooga and T Chattanooga, T Tennessee, and went to high school and got reacquainted with uh, Linda um, a couple of years ago and realized that we had graduated from the same high school. So that <laughs> was, was so amazing. Kind of it was amazing because <laughs> we just kept looking at each other over this luncheon back in 2021 and we're like, I know her. And, and we were just like, okay, we know each other. Where do we know each other from? So that was just really fun. But um, I spent my life, um, I went to, uh, graduated from high school and worked for a year and then went on to um, Middle Tennessee State University where I got a degree in, uh, in psychology and also a commission in the, the military. And so spent eight years um, in the military as an intelligence officer and have worked with many nonprofits and for-profit organizations since then, but have come to um, just pinch myself repeatedly knowing that I'm a part of what God is doing here at the Memorial. So I uh, came on board here in January of 2022 and um, just thrilled to, to be of service to him here. So. And tell us just briefly um, your connection with the uh, abortion field. Well, um, having had an abortion myself, uh, my abortion took place in 1992. Um, it was a completely unexpected pregnancy. I had gone to my doctor to check on some other health issues I was having and learned that I was pregnant and um, made a decision at that time, which would reverberate for years, of course. Um, and I had an abortion, which left me suicidal for about nine years and actually attempting uh, suicide. And, um, and so I found myself um, just being uh, um, erratically uh, saved by God uh, from killing myself and ended up participating in a post-abortion recovery program. Um, we studied the um, forgiven and set free curriculum and uh, have been just rejoicing ever since that he has, you know, given me that freedom uh, from the guilt and the shame and all that comes along with that trauma. So mm, I know God is powerfully using you and uh, called you to, to several different areas in the, in the pro-life um, arena. But um, for those of us that maybe you're not as familiar with the memorial. Can you give us a little background of, of what that is? It's, it's kind of a different animal than any of the other pro-life ministries. So, well, it um, certainly is. Yes. It certainly is. Explain um, to us a little bit. So the National Memorial for the Unborn is uh, a place where we honor children who have been lost to abortion. Uh, it's a place where we can restore their dignity and acknowledge that they are children created in the image of our God uh, in his likeness and someone, um, children of value. Um, and so the, the memorial itself is located on the site of the former abortion clinic here in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, 
by the grace of God, the pro-life community was able to uh, purchase that property 30 years ago from um, the abortion doctor, or from, I should say, from the, the gentleman who owned the facility who was in bankruptcy, but he had made a deal with the abortion doctor to purchase it, and we were able to outbid them. And so we are coming up on 30 years from when God miraculously provided the funds to be able to purchase that piece of land. And so um, they weren't really sure what they were going to do with the property. And so um, after it was bulldozed, they found a note from a mother who had had her abortion at that clinic uh, to her unborn child. And so that's where the seed of the memorial got started. Um, and the first name plates went on the wall. I believe it was 19, what, no. 94 maybe? 94, I think that was the, fir the first year. So um, that the, the name plates have gone on the wall and we have been filling up that wall ever since, so. Tell us what it looks like. Wow, it's a 50 foot long <laughs> granite wall. There are 10 panels um, to the wall and um, it can hold a total of, I believe 5,400, a little over 5,400 nameplates and there are currently over 3,300 on it right now. So we'll be adding some more Sunday and um, the following Saturday. Actually, there'll be two ceremonies this coming Sunday and then uh, the following Saturday. So, yeah. I have a question. It's a beautiful facility, sure. <laughs> Um, I, Linda, I think you've told me this before. And so I just want to clarify, but, um, because Linda was, you were a part of founding this and designing this and, and all of that really great stuff. Um, the actual memorial is where the rooms were, where they actually did the abortions from that clinic. Is that correct? So that it's very correct. appropriate. They were very procedure rooms, tiny little nasty, nasty procedure rooms. But um, yes, the ground has been redeemed and reclaimed from death to life. And the mm -hmm. wall actually sits right on top of that. You're right. Yeah, it's amazing. So um, so we have over 3,000 plaques on the wall. And mm -hmm. who, who are placing these plaques? Gosh, mothers and fathers and siblings and grandparents and aunts and uncles and you name it, people who have just prayed for uh, people that they knew that were having an abortion or had an abortion. They're honoring those children. So it's, it's everyone because it affects everyone. Yeah. 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 Can you talk for a minute? I, just, I don't think I see this as part of our conversation, but I know that the memorial has a ledge and that gifts get left left there. Is that still taking place? Moms the gifts are and... still this. This gifts are still being left there. We clean the ledge off uh, once a month at the end of the month because the the gifts that are being left are now starting to block nameplates, mm -hmm. and we don't want them to be blocked. So we want people to be able to see the the names of the children. So, but we clean them off every month, um, and we donate the stuffed animals and gifts to uh, other organizations here in Chattanooga. And we save the notes. Oh, the notes yes. are so yes. powerful. That, the notes that are people saved. Leave. They're, mm. they're in a binder there in the memorial so that people can read them. Oh. And uh, they are powerful. That is great. I don't recall the binder when I went there and visited, but I bet it's been a couple of years. I, but I recall the notes. I recall the gifts. And, you know, we did a, 
a memorial there and I hope I'm not jumping ahead, but I was able to do one memorial there um, with a group of ladies and um, they had little bears that they got to leave on the ledge with their notes. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that's really precious. I didn't know you were gathering the notes and keeping them because I had read some of those notes um, several years ago when I was visiting just because I just, I wanted to hear from them. I wanted to hear their heart and uh, how precious, um, yes, you know, and, and the healing anyway, I don't want to get too far. Yeah. Ahead, so. It puts it's, a totally new face on, on yes. abortion because yes, we, see, we see the pain, but we also see the healing. We mm-hmm. see the relation, family relationships that, that ripple out and touch. Yes. Uh, so it's a powerful icon. I've got a, a couple quotes here. Um, one says uh, the, the plaque, the plaques have a name usually and sometimes a date, scripture verses, other things. This particular one says, Heidi, February 19th, 1973, alive in my heart and in heaven. And this mom left the note that said, there's no cemetery where I could go and mourn and lay down my grief. But this nameplate, remembering Heidi, is at the National Memorial for the Unborn. Yes. And, and Mindy, you're right. The, it's, it's a powerful statement. Um, and we uh, we got a call last year during the elections uh, out in Colorado um, for copies and samples of those letters and cards. And we sent those out there so that the legislators could read them wow. and see the effects of abortion. So it's a, they're powerful statements. Yes. Very powerful. Yes. Yes. So So when someone orders a nameplate, what happens? Mm -hmm. So when they order the nameplates, it takes us about, well, we send the orders in twice a month to the engraver. And so it takes about four to six weeks from the time that um, we send it into the engraver before we receive them back. Once we get them back, we will uh, mail them a duplicate um, and we will send them um, Them a tracking. The the person Mm -hmm. that ordered them. Correct. Yes, the person okay. who ordered it, we will send them a duplicate and uh, we usually send them the tracking number so that they can keep, you know, they'll be able to track it in case it doesn't get them to them within a, a timely manner. Um, and uh, we also give them the dates for upcoming memorial services so they can make plans to attend if they would, would like to attend. Um, and once we do that um, and once we get them back, we hold on to them until that next service, uh, the next memorial service, or we will hold on to it. And, you know, if they, if they want to make arrangements to have a private ceremony, they can do that. We've had that happen. And so we'll just hold on to them. Uh, Usually if it's a group, um, like um, we have a group that's coming next Saturday, Um, they um, go through a post-abortion program in uh, Atlanta and so uh, they will come up and so I will hold their plates so that they can all put theirs on this, the wall together. So when they come back, yeah. Tell us about that service that you do. You do at least monthly, you have a regularly we scheduled monthly least, and then yes. in addition, any that um, need want the personal um, service. Tell us what those are like. So when we have the service, we always give them a history of the memorial. We wanna, wanna let them know that this is redeemed ground and this is what happened here. And, and so God is, has redeemed this ground so that we can honor children that have been lost to abortion. So we give them a little history. We have a time of prayer and we sing songs um, just as a reminder of, of life and uh, forgiveness of God. And so we will do that. Um, 
for parents who happen to be there, they'll get an opportunity to say something about their child. Uh, usually they will, you know, give us an idea of how God revealed the name of their child or the gender of their child mm -hmm. to them. Uh, sometimes they will read um, their, their notes or their poems or songs. Um, on one occasion, um, I guess it was two months ago, we had um, a, a, a group that read a note from a sister that was not going to be able to attend. Uh, some of the other siblings were there, but the sister was not able to attend. And it was really interesting because the sister that was not able to attend, um, it, part of her letter said, um, I'm hoping you look like me <laughs> because she, she's, she's, she's the only dark hair, dark eyed person among all the other siblings that are current. And so, um, and she has um, two siblings in heaven. And so she's like, I hope you guys look like me. <laughs> so, oh. And it was just really sweet. So it's a family affair. Other, yeah, the others are fair and, you know, light eyes and everything. And so it was just really sweet to be able to, to hear that, um, that letter from her to her siblings. So, and, and speaking of siblings, what are you seeing? How are the um, extra extended family responding to this? What is their take? Their, their, I guess, what do you, how are the, what are their emotions or, you know, um, are they able to grasp, you know, what, what's going on there with them? You know, it's really interesting because sometimes they recognize that something's off, especially if their parents are, um, you know, if, if both their parents had uh, an abortion in their background, you know, they can tell that something's not quite right. Um, most of them are so forgiving and they're just so looking forward to meeting their sibling. Um, and so um, I, I haven't really had any that have been negative. Um, you know, some of them have been, they grieve, they grieve as much as their parents do. This loss, you know, not being able to uh, spend time with the sibling and be raised with them. So, you know, that's such a good message. I'm, I'm glad that you shared that because so many women are afraid to tell, you know, they, they feel like some feel like they have to. And mm -hmm. then I ask them, why do you feel like you have to tell your children or, you know, why do you, why is this compulsion? And then they're like, well, I really don't know. And then others are so afraid to tell, you know, like I'll never tell anybody. I'll never tell anybody. And so I'm glad that you shared that because that's been my experience is my daughter is very, very forgiving. You know, most of the people I've mm -hmm. ever told are very, very, I have never had anybody yes. kind of get, get in my face and shame me. Right. So. And the memorial is exactly the, right. the way for the broader family to participate in mm -hmm. that grief too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, to, to be able to be involved on, on that level. Let's, let's talk a little bit about the naming issue mm -hmm. um, because we all deal with that in abortion recovery and the power mm -hmm. of a name. Um, Regina, share a little bit about your story, about how you learned um, the name of your son and then wow. talk about the power of uh, giving a name to a child. Well, what's interesting is that in my situation, I just almost immediately knew that the child was a boy. I don't, I, I guess that was just God giving me that, that information. Um, and so when I wrote about my child in my journal, I always referred to him as a boy. Um, and so, um, and, and when I say that God used my daughter to save me from killing myself, he literally did because I was 
I was on my way to, um, I was just overcome by grief. I had passed the abortion clinic again and I was driving home. I'd forgotten that I had picked up my daughter. She was in the backseat of the car, but I saw this truck coming in the opposite direction and I just moved my car into the front of it. And from the backseat of the car, my daughter said I had a dream about my brother and that just woke me up wow. and brought me back into reality. Wow. And, um, and she, she shared, she had at least three dreams that I'm aware of because that, that was on a Thursday the, the, at the same place in the road that following Friday, she said, I had another dream about my brother. And then, so I'm still freaking out, you know? Um, but that Monday came and she said, I had a dream about my brother. And I said, tell me about your brother. And she told me all these wonderful things. I mean, God was really gracious to me by giving me this. And she had no idea. No she, idea she had a brother. She, no. I And I had never shared that information. She was four years old at the time. Mm -hmm. So I had never shared with her that I had had, a, a, you know, that she had a brother in heaven. Um, but when she shared that information with me, you know, I said, well, how old is he? And she said, he's eight. And he would have been eight, of course, um, at the time. And I asked what his name was. And she said, his name is Adam. So that's how I knew what his name was. Wow. And um, so um, God named him Adam. And I'm, I'm so grateful for the glimpse that he gave me of Adam. And I'm looking forward to meeting him. And, but not that. everybody has that clear cut. So what do, we, what do you no. do when you talk to women that say, well, I, how do I give it a name? I don't know if it's a boy or girl. Right. Um, and some people, I know we all deal with that in, in abortion recovery, are a little hesitant in the naming. How do you encourage them? I, the, the first thing that I normally do, especially if I'm with them, is, or even if I'm on the phone with somebody that calls in, I will say, well, let's pray about it right now. And usually um, God is so gracious and he will reveal the gender or he will reveal the name to them. And even if he doesn't, sometimes they already have a name and usually uh, they will give the, the child a name that's appropriate for either a boy or a girl. And so they, they will have those kinds of names so that, you know, it'll, it'll be appropriate for whether it's a boy or girl. So that's usually what I tend to do in those Wait, situations. What's the, what's the healing potential and in, in naming what what does it do for it well you know what it does it it, re, it removes that that fog of um i always say it's um it's a fog of secrecy mm -hmm. and it, it really brings to light the reality of a child um that this wasn't just a blob of tissue like we're told um, it was a real human being, like I said, a, a, a child that was made in the image of God. Um, and it restores dignity to them. You're, you're yes. not just referring to something that's not real. You're referring yes. to a real person, person. and yeah. a person. And, and all of those of us who are born and who are alive have names. We're not nameless. Yeah. So. I think that's such a good point. And I'd like to, if we could dig into this just a little bit further, because I know I've sure. had ladies say, I don't feel right naming them. Mm. And initially, right to, yeah, maybe they, they didn't, choice. she didn't say that. She just said, mm. I don't feel right. Like that's not my place kind of thing. And, mm. um, and I initially went with that and said, okay, well, why don't you consider a nickname like precious baby, you know, or, you know, we, we call our babies nicknames, but later on I became a little more 
convicted in the fact that we really do need to pray about this. Our, our children are not genderless in heaven right. and they're not nameless. Right. God has right. a name for them and he is in our healing. Why wouldn't he want us to have an idea and understanding of who our children? So I just want to put that out to you and let you ladies talk about that for a minute. Yeah. As parents, that's our right. You know, if that yes. baby had been born, it was your right to give that baby a name. And there's no, yeah. there wasn't a right or a wrong one. It was your choice. Right. You right. Know? And, and I think we will have new names in heaven. So it doesn't really matter a whole lot. It's more for us than it is for the child. I, I, yeah. I agree. It's, it's so funny because um, we had picked out a, a, a middle name for my daughter before she was born. And it was in honor to honor my great grandmother. Um, and, but it would, it was a name that was appropriate for a girl or a boy. So, but when she was born, I mean, it took us looking at her for a couple of hours before we could determine a, a, a first name. And I love that her first name is Angela because it means the messenger of God. And, and boy, what a message he gave me yes. about Adam through her. And I'm just like, that was so appropriate, but you know, it, it, it just makes sense for us to do that. Um, because, I, I love how when God says he shaped us and formed us in our, in our mother's womb, he, he, he knew what our names were going to be, you know? Yeah. I have one more thing on that. And, um, you know, cause Linda, you touched on it. We're going to get a new name in heaven and, mm. you know, in scripture, um, Peter has a name. Well, sorry, it wasn't Peter. It was, and why am I blanking on this? Everybody knows Peter's Simon. first name. Simon. Yes. Thank Simon. you. I totally blanked that off. Yes. But then Jesus came and gave, came, came and gave him the name Peter. Right. Mm -hmm. And yep. he didn't. And Saul and Paul. Yes. And yes. never does God berate the parents for their earthly names. Right. So do we really think that God would be sort of condemning on us if we gave our children name. I mean, I I'm bringing that because of this, this issue that I had with a couple of ladies and, and just how they, they just didn't feel right. And I think there's this thing of, well, God's going to be mad at me because I don't really know. Well, then ask, you know what I mean? Like, I, mm -hmm. I don't know, trying to mm -hmm. bring this out in the open. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's, but that's really one of the things that we do take to prayer uh, like I said, when, when people ask me, you know, what, what do you think I should call? I'm like, let's pray about this because God knows, you know, and he, he's not, he's not going to punish us and, and withhold that information from us if we really want to know. Um, it, Cause he really is a very gracious God. He gave his, his only son, you know, to die yes. for us. And so this is, this is not something that he cares about every aspect of our lives. And this is just one of those aspects of our lives. And so, and if he I doesn't he, give us an audible voice and tell us a name, he may right. be saying, you choose. Yes. You choose. Exactly. He's yes. given us that, that privilege of choosing. Mm -hmm. So, so that can be good too. And while we're talking about names, let's talk about fathers because we've got a lot of fathers mm -hmm. yes. in place to plaque. And I know for those of us in abortion recovery, Helping the men heal has, has been a real enigma for years to try to um, know how to reach them because we know they're hurting. We know they grieve differently, um, mm -hmm. but but how to reach them. The memorial tends to speak to them in a very tangible, concrete, male sort of way. Tell me about yes. that. Ooh, um, I, I remember um, one day, I, I don't know, 
Holy Spirit does this all the time. I walk around there to the memorial and I see this young man coming out. And uh, he goes, you know, I've driven past here a lot on my lunch break. And so today I decided to stop. And he goes, and I, he said, I was so ashamed because when I started reading the history, the information on the, on the placard out front, and then I walked in here and I started seeing all of those, those nameplates and the inscriptions on them. He said, I just, I was just so overwhelmed um, because I didn't value my child. And, you know, I made my girlfriend have an abortion and, and he, he was, can God ever forgive me? And I'm like, yes, he can. <laughs> and and let me show you some of the nameplates on here from fathers and for him to walk out so bad. And then to, you know, I walk back in there with him and show him some of those nameplates. And then he walks out and he's like, wow, there's, it's a night and day difference. Um, and what's interesting is that the, the gentleman that just painted the memorial for us, he, he told me his abortion story. It, it just, it, it, it's significant. It's, it's so powerful. Um, I had a couple who um, came from California and the, um, even though the, 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 the woman's husband was not the father of her aborted child, he adopted that child mm. and gave that child his name. Just it's fathers want to be fathers and they grieve when they, they, they grieve when they can't be fathers. And the whole thing of giving the last name is acknowledging that child as um, part of the family. Yes. Um, It's just really, really powerful. Yes, yes, yes. And what's interesting is that when we do the the services, one of the most poignant things that takes place is that they keep touching the nameplate. They just keep touching it. It's because we don't have graves for our children. We, we don't have a physical. And so this is that very tangible physical reminder of their existence. And that's just always overwhelming for me is to, yeah. to see that they don't want to stop touching it. Yeah. And, so. and that's one of the neat things you had mentioned that when they order a plaque that they are sent a duplicate so they yes. actually receive a little duplicate of that brass plaque and yes. uh, some locations have actually um, in a pregnancy center or other pro-life groups have uh, local affiliates where they can put that that plaque locally yes. closer to home yes or some some choose to just keep it I guess mm-hmm. but um, we are kind of winding down here time and I don't want to um, skip over time-wise um, one of our very exciting, exciting things that is going on with the memorial. Uh, tell us about um, talking about taking things to people where they are <laughs> if they're not in Chattanooga or can't get there. Uh, tell us about the virtual wall. What's going on? Ooh, the virtual wall is so exciting. We are just just sitting on pins and needles, waiting for it to be launched. Uh, we're redoing our website, and and the engineers are developing that base and that. I, I, I don't know all the technical terms that are involved, but it's going to be a very interactive kind of wall. It won't just be a static wall. People will be able to click on it and it'll be like they were walking through the memorial itself and they will be able to search for their nameplates. Um, and we will uh, give them an opportunity to click on that nameplate and to leave a message for their child 
uh, a poem or song or whatever. Um, so it's going to be very interactive and we are so excited and looking forward to that launch soon. So. Yes. Yes. Mindy, you've participated in the wall. You have a nameplate on the wall as well, don't you? I do. What I chose that to put you. Well, gosh, it means a lot to me because there is now a tangible place for my children, I guess, to, to rest. It's more of a heart thing for me, you know, and a, and just a head thing, but it just, it brings honor to them. And I did, I chose mm -hmm. to put all three of my children on one plaque instead of buying three different plaques. But, um, are you still offering the marble piece to, to post yes. it? Okay. That's how I got mine done was on a piece of marble so I could set it up somewhere. And, um, mm -hmm. and I love it. I, I just think it's beautiful. So I keep that in, um, do you want me to talk about how I incorporate that in my groups, Linda? Sure. A lot of a okay. lot of groups are dovetailing this in uh, to their their abortion recovery groups as an option for women. Mm -hmm. It fits so beautifully when we're naming the baby and having our memorial services. Um, yeah, Mindy, tell us how you how you incorporate that. Yeah, at the end. Uh, so we've gone through our memorial service, and you know they've gone through naming their children and writing their letters and all of that. And, and at the very end, after the memorial, I just let them know that this is available to them because um, what I tell them is, this is a way to honor your child tangibly. You know, in this world, we don't get the opportunity to give much to our children because they're gone, right? And so we don't, there's like our, our living children, we give tons of material things to them and lavish love on them and care for them. These children, we never, we, we stopped that. And we didn't give ourselves that opportunity. And so this provides just a simple way to do that, where it's it's very classy. Uh, it's beautiful. The wall is gorgeous. Um, I love going there and reading the 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 plaques. So that's and the virtual will take that experience to a lot more people. So we're we're yes. really excited about that. And I could even envision it um, as you're doing the naming chapter giving them the virtual wall site would give them an opportunity to look at what other people do for names mm -hmm. and give them ideas mm -hmm. and and really kind of um i think it's going to be powerful as as they're going through that process of identifying their ch children to see what others have done and to help put a face so to speak on on those babies yeah i think that'd be interesting yeah to see if so, how it plays so out. anything, Regina, that you want to say to those that are, are doing abortion recovery out there um, as far as how we can link? Because sometimes I think you're contacted by people that are at the end of the process of healing. Other times we are getting people that have not done healing at all yet, especially the men. And right. we, we want to be able to refer to groups. So tell me just yes. in closing, just a little bit about that. Well, one of the things that we do, of course, we, uh, we have a list of resources on our website um, that we can direct people to. And we also, of course, we do have, like you had mentioned before, there are affiliate locations where uh, people can actually go and see the results of what it looks like to have a nameplate and honor their child. Um, and they can get additional information from those, those sites. But uh, we want to make sure that they have an opportunity to experience that. Um, that release that God wants for them, that release from the guilt and the shame and, and from beating themselves up and to, to really be restored um, to, um, and to, to know that forgiveness. And so we, we have those resources listed on our website. 
Um, we have them by hotline or by, you know, retreats or, and in fact, I just completed uh, uh, the deeper still retreat in um, Knoxville over the weekend. I uh, just wanted to get an idea of how they do what they do. And it was phenomenal. Uh, we had men and women at that retreat and it was, whew, I didn't know that there was some deeper stuff for me to deal with, but there was. Um, so the, the, the healing is ongoing. It's ongoing. Yes. Uh, and, and we, we do, we, we try to let them know that this is, you know, it's something that you carried through your, your, in, you know, within your heart and within your mind for a long time. And it's, it's time to deal with it because it has an effect on every other aspect of your life, even though you're not aware of it. Um, and so we do direct them there. There are so many out there uh, surrendering the secret and deeper still and an even place, you know, where you can get information about all of the various abortion recovery programs out there. Um, and so uh, we refer them and make sure that they have a contact in their local area um, that they can, they can um, contact in order to get more information too. So. So we want to be a networking and team player um, in the yes. whole thing. It's, it's so exciting to see all the different areas that God is bringing up, the new things he's raising up. And it's just really exciting. Regina, thank you so much for being with thank us you. today. Oh, my and pleasure. The, the website is memorialfortheunborn.org. And yes. we will have that listed down below uh, if you'd like more information. And um, we will talk to you again soon.